0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there, you're very welcome indeed to another edition of the Game on Sunday podcast. It's Michael Lester here with you. And as ever, I am joined by Pat Spillane and Tomas Malkaty. But also this week, we have not one or two special guests. We have Aoife Sheehan of Limerick Camogie and also from Galway's Ladies Football, Olivia Dibbley. Now, we'll be talking to Olivia in a little while, but Aoife is joining us for this first part of the show, which means mostly, I guess you have to say, Camogie. And that, of course, is in the aftermath of Cork's big win on Sunday. Um, Aoife, you were in Crow Park, obviously. I'm sure you enjoyed the occasion. And uh, and the three finals, obviously, but particularly uh, a, a, a big win for Cork.
3: Yeah, um, it was it was. I don't know if I enjoyed it. the senior final now, being honest, because I I um, you know you, you your heart didn't nearly go out to Waterford at one stage. Ah, sure, yeah. But, um, you know nothing would rile them at all. Um, after two minutes, they lost Vicky Faulkner, um, and for those you know that wouldn't be too familiar, with Vicky. She came back into the team this year, year after came back into the team, but was their kind of key person you'd use to, to, you know, to mark the the target player in the other team. So her task for the week or the, you know, on Sunday was to mark Amy O'Connor. Now, Vicky went off on a stretcher after two minutes and then, you know, Waterford reshuffled the deck. But at the end of the day, Amy O'Connor ended up with 3 7. So you can kind of take that what you will. Now, Bitty going off wasn't the reason, you know. Waterford lost like Cork were just dominant all over the field, and they just they just had one of those days um, where you know everything would right to them, and Waterford just couldn't catch a break. You know their touch was off. Um, even you know Beth missed a few frees that she normally scored. That's Beth Carton. Um But look, Cork had, had had a monster day. They were they were awesome and. Like, you know, their inside line, full forward line scored four ten between Amy, Amy O'Connor, Circa McCartan and Katrina Mackey. So they were just on fire and Waterford couldn't deal with them. I think it was it was a huge occasion though for Waterford. You know, he probably saw a lot of colour um in the week leading up to it. You know, even the newspapers ran a lot of stories with with Waterford because it was such a novel final, you know, the first time since nineteen forty five that they made it. Um, but you know, it just wasn't to be and um you know, a hard place to be on a Lireland final day and then losing by 19 points, Um, you know, so it was just difficult. But, you know, Cork, it was a real kind of Cork of old, (laughs) um, had such an emphatic victory and that Cork team is very young and they've won like, you know, four out of five, I think, of the last five minor finals played. So I think they could be around for a while, you know, and I think that they might be back to assert their dominance on the camogie scene.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tomás obviously, everybody in Cork uh, enjoyed that win on Sunday, and I was looking at some of the celebrations uh, afterwards, and and particularly on Monday, and the homecoming and all that. And and let's say to to say it was walkus would be an understatement. But then I heard one of the but I heard one of the core players I heard one of the core players tomorrow say after the the match, kind of you know, okay, Waterford hadn't been there since the mid forties, but. Park hadn't won it for five years, and as as she said, that's a long
2: time for us, you know. So, yeah, look, uh, yeah, I'm like, let's both Look, at the scoreline 40, 13 to eight points. Look, I mean, it's a, it, was, it was it's a big scoreline, massive crowd, thirty eight thousand, I think. Uh, God, was that a record attendance for final? If I think maybe it was, and um, thirty thousand, well,
3: yeah when they had a, f- a little bit more I had the 21 final I'm not sure if I'm right there but I think that was you know like it had the under 21 with it so that was a standalone as a standalone fixture I think oh.
2: yeah yeah and then look you had Michael as you mentioned losing in 2021 or 2022 you know whatever sport you're in losing finals or uh, losing in terms of harming a football losing our finals look there's only one thing in your mind is get back there as quickly as possible and Win again and look, yeah, I agree with Aoife there. I think the, the injury to Vicky Falconer was, was was huge, to be honest with you. Because look, Amy O'Connor, massive turnout, slacking like has gone down down here in court. That she's going to show a couple of the meals how to score a few goals, <laughs> she's for sure. Absolutely, she's yeah, got, because she finished them very, very well. And um, she had nothing in her mind. I think every time she got a goal, every time she got an opportunity, all she wanted to do was put the head on and head for goal, you know. So, uh, it's a great sign of a forward. I believe Eve as well. She has many underage caps in terms of soccer as well, I think, with Ireland. Many, many yeah, she,
3: she could have been at the World Cup, yeah, but she her love first love's so she stuck yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And could she could she have be been at the World Cup? She could have been, was she is she I don't
3: know, she's left a long time, I think. She she was underage, she was playing, I think, and uh yeah. she was Camogie a long time ago, I think.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, lads, uh, as the camogie expert here, I better put into it. So, for example, right, and to give you facts and figures about camogie, which you're a little bit unsure of, this was a record crowd last on the lads of 30,191. Uh, the last bi- the last biggest crowd that attended was 2019, where, when 24,000, some of them 30 watched Galway over Kim- Kitty The first time the 20,000 barrier was beaten for a camogie final was in 2016. So, a record, oh, record, record. I in, I in, check those. No, I, I see I'm wrong there, Pat. No, uh,
3: 2007, 2007. Wexford got there, their first win. Made a huge crowd.
4: Oh, Jesus, see in front of me. The first time, the 20,000. Do you read your, your results, Harold? doesn't go back yeah. to
2: 2007. Well, so, when was as, as, as we all know, Tomás and Aoife,
0: and the number of times that Joe Broly had to correct Pat's plan. Yeah, but, the game. well, I'm actually
4: correct. But can I just say something? I mean, do you know, uh, and it it was a huge crowd it, I mean when you think about it the Irish women's soccer team for their farewell match had a record crowd of just over 7,000 so to, to to bring in over 30,000 for a Camogie is an amazing achievement but uh, we talked about you talked there about Amy O'Connor I mean and I wouldn't be familiar with Camogie but I would be a little bit familiar with Amy's story over the years and I mean she's a superstar uh, I mean we know about the Katie McCabe's and the Vicky Walls in football and Mm. The Louise Le Vercuddy. But this girl is a superstar of Komoki that no one knows about. And he talked about the soccer. I mean, she had a huge soccer career. I mean, she was part of the Ireland Under 19 squad in 2014. And some of those top players went on to play in the World Cup, the likes of Megan Connolly and Katie McHale. But like what I love about her story is Coming from Not Nahini, still playing with St. Vincent's, a junior camogie club. Uh, and I remember reading a great article a couple of years ago about talking about about her determination to, to do, was it pharmacy in UCC? Uh, and the one she had a big argument with the school to insist that chemistry be added to the curriculum and so she's she's a wonderful role model for Camogie but a wonderful role model for Not Nahini, for, for St Vincent's and you know if you want to promote sport and, and the Irish soccer team has done well with promoting sport with the, with their individuals we should be promoting the Amy's O'Connor's this World as a brilliant role model for, for Irish girls
3: Yeah and the Camogie needs like superstars Pat you know and I think Amy definitely put herself into that spotlight um, and Denise O'Sullivan, you
2: know. Um, yeah, I was going to, be to mention that, Denise yeah. so O'Sullivan comes from that. as well, yeah, as, well. as well as I did. I, I lived there for a long, long time as well. Uh, i just say a, a fantastic community, um, great people. Um, we, we, we say about the north side, we love our sport. We'd watch two flies going up the wall, big into dogs, big into pigeons, big into sport, hurling football, camogie, and and for a club like St Vincent's, I know a massive, massive effort. I know a lot of people up there last night for the homecoming. Weather wins against them a little bit in terms of the rain that was falling. But big crowds turned up. And uh, uh, as you say, Aoife, like just love the sport on that side of the city. And um, with Denise O'Sullivan as well, what an achievement for more people coming from that location. Fantastic.
3: Yeah, I think absolutely. Sorry, Mike, you mentioned the um, you know, the, the famine like in Cork and five years and not winning it, like a lot of yeah, a lot of the other counties are kind of giving an eye roll to that. But like I think in Cork Cork had nearly eighty camogie clubs. And if you compare in you know, in comparison with Waterford of nineteen, you know, so that's why I think there's always an expectation in Cork that they win the All Ireland. You know, that kind of way they've got the most clubs, I suppose and
2: Um they have Limerick, are huh?
3: We have about twenty eight. All right. Yeah. And like Kilkenny wouldn't have that many either. I think Clonty was about thirty four or five. Um, you know, so it's just it's interesting that they they're so um you know like Waterford are doing an awful lot on the ground in terms of underage and everything like that. To
0: yeah, I think if we should also give a shout out at this stage to uh, to Claire, of course, who um, beat be Tipperary in the junior final.
3: Yeah, they had a great win. Um a, a poor start. It was I was actually commentating on that for for TV, but they had a really poor start. It took Mary really 20 minutes to um to register a score and at stage, Tipperary were up by six points. But, you know, they, they had their patched in for ten minutes either side of half-time, and um you know they they had an excellent win. They their half back line, especially I was impressed with it. and actually their backs as, as a whole, um they had Sinead Hogg and Queen Valale in the full back line and Rachel Kelly kept uh, Gene Kelly from Tipperary to, you know, very, I'm not sure what Gene came out with, but leading up to it, I think it was about five points, but leading up to it, Gene had scored goals in the championship um, and all, that was all of Tipperary's goals on, in the league. But uh, a huge win for Clare and just, again, building, like, you know, they're trying to build a team. A yeah. A lot of them will go through, um, you know, to the senior senior standard, I suppose, and, and that's what they're trying to do, same in Tipperary, you know, they're all trying to build a squad and, Waterford, I suppose, up to the final had given everyone hope, you know, but I think Cork might have quenched that a little bit. But still, I like Waterford on the day just did not perform at all. Like you know, they're not they're not as bad as that. And I think they just met a Cork team that completely dominated, you know. So
2: sure, yeah. He, yeah. he said, could I just ask you just ask you on the Clare versus Tip right? Clare with six points down, um, very very quickly in that game, and it looked like Tip were we going to be the team to beat, but they came back, and then there was a second yellow card in the second half. I think, in forty-two minutes for Kira Brennan sent yeah. off for Tipperary. Was, yeah. was that was that deserving? Because it seemed yeah. to have a made made a big impact in the last close and in, the, in, in, the, in yeah. the remaining kind of period of the game because it was in at that yeah. stage.
3: Sorry, that game, Tomas, was was very. I call it fussy refereeing. Be honest with you, there was about twenty-four frees in, in the first half an hour of it, and you just got the feeling that, you know, it, it wasn't let go at all. But her first yellow was really soft.
4: Yeah.
3: Her her early collided with the helmet, not in any way of um, a tackle, but more just the, the clear kind of dipped a bit, Do you know, that kind of way.
2: Yes. It, like, yeah. Yeah. Just by you, uh, misjudgment. Uh, yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Her second yellow, probably a hard tackle. But again, you, you can shoulder down Komogi, but it's at the interpretation of the referee on how much you can shoulder. So until you're allowed just to be physical in Camogie this is always going to happen like all of us here on, on this call could go and referee a game and we'd all come out with different you know refer- in terms of Camogie now we'd all yeah. want to freeze because it's our interpretation of it so yeah, uh, that that did have an impact on the game now Claire didn't score once she went off which was you know a really good going from Tipperary now but it did yeah. and she was excellent she had scored two points up to that and she was really she was she was centre-four of them and she, she was really bossing kind of trying to get in, into the game for Tipperary but um yeah, that like in the three games, the refereeing standards and all three were completely different. I felt like it was it was very nitpicky in the junior. There was a little bit more physicality allowed in the intermediate, and then the senior was, was was a lot more physical. I thought anyway. I thought uh, you know, and, and Cork were very intense in their tactic Anyway, you know they go in strong and they'll go in a lot of three hands cut on as well. You know, but that, that was <laughs> um, in in the senior game. Whereas, oh, you wouldn't have got away with that at all, like in the in the junior game. So it was just interesting.
0: You mentioned there the intermediates um, Uh that was the course between Derry and Mead it ended up in a draw replay uh, next weekend next Sunday in Tholeness. Uh what did you make of that one?
3: Yeah again it was it was funny like both, both teams just had their series of dominance like Derry were up 1-8 to 1-1 one one at half time and when you were watching at half time you were saying look they're kind of in control here they'll, they'll breeze on but Mead came back you know they had a um a goal from Evelyn Lally. She was the sub that came on that day. Um Ethan Minogue was probably their best player at midfield. Um she'd a she a goal um shot stopped in the first half, but she was on the freeze. Now she'd a mixed day on the freeze, but she was driving forward um a lot. And she had the last last kind of chance, last buck of the game with a free that could have went over. And we actually thought in the press box it had gone over, but it went marginally wide. But on the overall, I suppose for the game, like a draw was nearly you know, you we were kind of happy for both teams to get another crack at it because they both had their dominance, I suppose. Like, um, Jerry have some lovely players in that as well. Like, Ray McNichol was very good, Ethan Cassidy from, from um, Stock Meal Club was, was excellent at, at centre back. They played a bit defensive. Um, I found they had their scores on the board that you know maybe if they pushed forward and went toe to toe a little bit more with me that they might have got more scores. They only got a point like in the second half, so yeah. that weren't gonna they weren't gonna win with, with that scoring margin. They were it was like as if they were trying to hang on to their elite that was being chipped away at all the time. But look, another cracker for both teams and I suppose they'll both be happy with that.
2: Hey, Eva, I Eva want well, yeah yeah just uh, sorry Efa. just in terms of that right um re you've played yourself at, at at the highest level, right? Um replay or extra time. No extra time on Sunday. Would you better, it. I agree, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: we, we actually drew an intermediate back in 2007 Um, we drew a cork and we we went on the next day out to, to beat them. At the time, I would have preferred extra time, being honest, and yeah. just get, get yeah. it finished on day. Um, But I I think the schedule didn't allow on Sunday, first of all, for that. But but as a player, I, I think I'd prefer to go with extra time.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, at least I suppose, uh, Aoife, they, they go to Clonus next little bit, which is more or less. Halfway between the, the the two counties, so it's not it's not a bigger <laughs> trip.
3: Yeah, first of all, uh, Michael that it was going to be on a Turles and it, that was that was changed. Then after I think about after twenty four hours, because people, yeah, where are we going to Turles Like Derry and me, like both kind of passing down the road. But um, Clonus is is a better venue, and look, it's it's central both teams. Well,
0: yeah, can I ask you if uh, about Limerick? Of course, um, as we all know. Uh, great days in Limerick Harding for the last number of years, obviously, and particularly this year and uh, another uh, landmark, if you like.
3: Yeah, look, it's been excellent, um, and to be honest, like the county's on a high since since the lads have been has been winning and doing well. Like it's given everyone a boost, young and old. It's like there's kids going around with hurlies more. and you'd see them in in county areas and in city areas. But like the team themselves, like sure. They're great ambassadors and they, I'd say they enjoyed their their celebrations, but they're back down to earth with a bang now with all the county championships being on or championships on. Um But it's fantastic, like, following them in their journey. Um And, like, hopefully we're all hoping to continue for another while if, if they can keep it going themselves, you know, because it's, it's a tough slog, I'm sure, for both men and, you know, backroom and, and the team themselves just to keep it going. But they, they seem to be really enjoying it. Like, you know, I've seen a few interviews with them and, they're they're real kind of free spirits about the whole thing that they're just kind of making the most of it and enjoying it but
2: from, from I suppose anywhere. an old trip to Barbados at Christmas time know. with their old cocktails on the beach and in the pool and get yeah. them ready for 2024 in the drive for five yeah I mean that right. must be on everybody's mind at a stage go uh, okay. with this team and create history be the best team ever to record five hours
0: <laughs> yeah you do it. you do you think, if uh, Do you think there would be a knock-on? I mean, there would be. A, I'm guessing around the county generally, but for Limerick, Mogue, for example,
3: you'd hope so. Like at the moment, though, our senior team, I suppose, under team, like it's funny. We like from looking at Waterford, their path. Like our Limerick team would have been on a similar journey. To them like we beat Waterford to get to an intermediate final back in when was that? 2014, and Waterford come up and Mogue. We'll but like Limerick's trajectory, Limerick won a monster senior actually in 2017. But our trajectory hasn't hasn't gone the same way. It's it's probably gone plateaued or else it's gone down a bit really. Um, and I suppose there's about five or six players playing with the ladies footballers on Sunday in the All Ireland Finals. So and they've they've opted in fully with the ladies footballers, which is a pity because they're you know they're local players. They're the not playing more, so. I think until everyone, you can get everyone and all your best players playing, um, which isn't probably true and accurate at the moment, you know, they're not all there that they in Limerick won't be vying for it. But in terms of the hurling and underage, like there's great underage work going on in Limerick and Camogie Um, that is I think, you know, getting a bounce off the hurlers, um, definitely. But in terms of where our senior team are at, I think, you know, we just need to get all the best players playing for Limerick and that's probably not really happening at the moment.
0: I know what you mean. Yeah, Limerick, by the way, on Sunday are in the junior final against Down. Uh, in the football, um, Thomas and Pat. Uh, before we close this particular section of the the show, yeah. um, I want to talk to you about, if I may, Jimmy Cooney, of course of Galway and part of that great Galway team of the early eighties, and a referee later on in life. And that Jimmy passed away there recently, and um, and and a sad loss. And and another one of that great Galway team of nineteen eighty uh, has left us, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, Michael. Any, any, any is 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 hard to take. But for the likes of the Cooney family, I mean, it's, it m- it must be very, very, very tough, Jimmy. Yeah, as you say, a winner in 1980, um, with Galway that famous, famous win. Um, I came on the scene in eighty three in my first Ireland semi final was was against Galway. Not sure if Jimmy was still around at that stage or 85. Um, we played him as well in our Ireland semi finals. But look. Cooney family, the Sarah club. I mean, the history and the attachment there is just incredible. And for Jimmy, yeah, it's very, very sad. Um, look, and all he, he, he was remembered as well in terms of his refereeing, in terms of um, the standards that he sets. and maybe one day in Crow Park never did him justice in terms of, you know, would want to be a referee after that. But he's remembered as the hurler more than anything else. And um, being a part of that winning team in 1980, thats that was some achievement.
0: Uh, it was, of course, and Pat, just to to follow up on what Jamal was saying there, that um, uh, situation on Crow Park, if you like, that of course was the the infamous occasion in
4: 1998, <laughs> of course, that uh, that early whistle in in the semi-finals yes. and uh, all that. It was a, a genuine mistake that was probably not handled very well on the day, and unfortunately, uh, a human error. And we all we're all human; we can all err. Air- uh, that he was without sin cast the first stone. I, I felt it, well, obviously on the day, it was it was a mistake. It was badly handled. I also felt that maybe uh, he bore the brunt of an awful lot of criticism, which he didn't deserve and probably didn't get the protection and the support he should have got at the time from, from officially. The, but uh, look, the Cooney family, I, I, like I would have been familiar with, with a lot of the lads from the 80s because we mm. toured together and the Cooney family are synonymous with with hurling in Galway, but you know that Galway team of the eighties Michael were were great men. They were warriors. They were warriors on the field, but they were just as good of warriors off the field. And and I and I always remember. I think just one of the, the the people talk about anecdotes about tours and stuff like that. And they, these lads shall remain nameless, but I still can recall it was either two or three Galway hurlers. Uh, Ex from the eighties, I can still recall them and watch them as they tried to put a horse into the lift in a hotel in New York City one night. <laughs> you, couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. They they had untackled the horse. Of one of those boys that drove around Times Square on the pony and trap. They untackled yeah. the horse, brought it into the lobby of the hotel, and was trying to put it into the lift to take it up to the lad's room. <laughs> Brilliant anyway but they got the horse in our iPad but they couldn't get themselves in uh, <laughs> see, <this is> just <laughs> actually while we're on it lads and I know uh, and I know Tomás alluded to the fact that that uh, north side of Cork City is a hotbed for sports lady soccer I noticed that the great Lynn Rovers team lost heavily at the weekend and a certain Tomás oh, Mulca- and, yep. and a certain Tomás Mulcahy was a selector on the team that were hammered by the Rockies uh, please explain Tomás yeah, Pat, you're you're absolutely correct. We do love our sport. Yeah, FMs,
2: Club Glen Rovers. Yeah, big rivalry, Glen and Um they beat us in the county final uh a couple of years back. Uh yeah, we were beat well, at, no excuses. Hands up, yeah, we take it on the chin. Um we sideline uh, is t- sideline is taking responsibilities. Oh, absolutely, Pat. I, I all right. Okay. I agree with everything that you Thank you to lost. Lost. You have no two up always, right? Yeah, I thought he had Stick to the bigger board. Right. I talked to us men on this side then I talked to us. Stick to the bigger board. yeah. But we yeah, just yeah. We, we missed it was a bad to piece
4: But we go uh, again. We go again next weekend. We play again next he, weekend uh, Did we he get it. the chair did he get the chairman's voter conference, which is usually the kiss of date? No <laughs> yeah.
0: Well all I can say all I can say at this stage is because we're we're about to close this first part of the show, but uh um, and thank you for your sensible comments in this part of this. Uh, I, yes. I can't say much about the rest, but anyway, we're going to take a pause right now, but there are still lots more to talk about, including, of course, next Sunday's Ladies Football at Croke Park. Goldways Olivia Dively will be joining us for that. Now, there is a subscription for the second part of our podcast. It's four euro a month and the details are available at www thegameonsunday.com and we'll talk to you hopefully again soon. Hello again everybody it's uh, Michael Lester here with you for part two of this week's The Game on Sunday podcast. Hasbeland Tomás Malcati here with me again for this section but also we're joined here for this part, and I'm delighted that we are, by Galway footballer, Olivia Dively, and also a successful footballer, of course, with a very successful club in Galway, Kilcharn-Tlanbairn. Olivia, great to have you with us. Thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us. And when I say a successful club in Galway, I know very well personally Kilcharn-Tlanbairn is a very small club, but you've had such great success over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, Clontibret is a small club uh, in North Galway. We've had we've had a great two years. We won the last two club all Irelands. I suppose before that, we had lots of heartbreak as well in the year before that. Twenty nineteen, we lost the All Ireland, sub final, and then we had lost a number of semi finals and kind of finals before that as well. So it was lovely to finally get off the line in twenty twenty one.
0: I'm sure there was a great excitement. Of course, there was. I I, I know it from hearing from people down there. Uh, with those club wins, uh, as you said, I uh, guess Moreen Abbey and I uh, guess Monaghan. Oh, uh,
1: Dunelmoyne, yeah.
0: yeah. sorry, a bigger pardon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure there was fabulous excitement around the parish.
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. I think the first All Ireland will always have a special place in my heart. Um, we had been trying for a long time. We had won nine county titles at that stage and had, had never won an All Ireland. So, we had been there or thereabouts for a while but we finally got over the line and it was very special it was the first time the club had ever had success like that before um and then i suppose the 2022 all ireland um was the first ladies final club fund we played in crow park so that was special as well and it's probably something you kind of dream of as a child uh playing with the club in crow park
0: sure yeah and i know um uh, was don't like to talk about themselves personally and their achievements and all that kind of thing but we can't ignore yours because you got player of the match in all those finals and player of the month award uh again as a result of of all of that sort of thing on a couple of occasions uh, and that must have been extra special on the personal level
1: yeah um i was fortunate enough to have a good final on the back of a bad semifinal. so it, it worked out well for me but i suppose uh, there was a lot of girls who played really well throughout the year in in different games and even the finals, We were it was a very balanced and balanced effort throughout.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, and in the middle of all that, you have been courted, of course, by Aussie rules and you could have ended up, uh, especially with our first final, you could have ended up in Australia in, instead of playing in the final.
1: Yeah. yeah um, in 2019, I had gone down to Australia for two weeks and met with some clubs, all right, but at that stage we were in the kind of club championship, and I have two sisters on the team, and my dad was a selector, and he was club chairman at the time as well. So it wasn't the thought of moving down under didn't wasn't welcomed too much at all. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, uh, I I came back and I played club football, and I definitely don't regret it.
0: Yeah, um, apart from all of that, and and your your great days with the the club. Uh, obviously your involvement with Galway the the Galway county as well how would you assess the season gone by?
1: Um, I suppose uh, being from Galway any time you get bet by Mayo twice it's been an amazing year (laughs) so I suppose that's kind of what I would say about it Um, we got well bet by Mayo in the kind of final which was very disappointing. Um, we had done well in the group games. We got wins against Cork and against Tipperary, and then we lost in all Ireland quarterfinal at home, two miles. Um, w- by one point, the last play of the game. So that was very disappointing. Um, and yeah, so it, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a very successful year. Um, but there was a few good moments in the mix of that, I suppose.
0: And going forward from here, like looking looking ahead.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose Gal- Galway Miners um, won the Ladies All Ireland there at the weekend. My sister is on the team, so we would be hoping that you know we, they have been successful at underage for the last few years. So we're we'll hoping that there is players of uh, with less talent to come through. Um, we would like uh, we were in the All Ireland in 2019, and it would definitely be a goal to get back there again. Um, but at the moment, I suppose this year we have we were a little bit off, so um next year definitely like to be re- reaching all Northern final anyway and and being a little bit more consistent in our performances
0: yeah sure i know what you mean um let's let's move on to this weekend coming up uh, Pat pats um ladies finals in croke park of course another big day out um and again it's uh, it's a kerry dublin final in the senior um what are your thoughts
4: uh, can I say, uh, by the way, uh, Olivia, if, if Tomás asks you a question, just ignore him because he hasn't a clue about Ornick and he has less of a clue about football and absolutely no clue <laughs> about ladies I, football. Can I stop you there, in the path, right? I'm not going to fluff you here, Olivia. I know nothing
2: about ladies football. I'm not even going to interact, right? And I'm not going to fluff like Spillane. Right. He's reading from the Bible like he did on the Sunday game with all the quotes. And go offline, Tomás, sort of, go offline see things have not changed so I wish you the see. best there
4: now with Pat. right Olivia well, yeah. can I just say that I watched I was at a match this year that I watched Olivia play because I was at the Connacht ladies final between Galway and Mayo there you are now uh, 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 oh, oh right Tomás tomorrow's more well, can't better that one now that's, that's a fair yeah, I, I, so I watched Olivia play because it was and there was a great crowd because it was the curtain raiser well, well, to it's 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 the like men's senior final live at games. He's a to the, the, man for to the, the men's court. scene of silence. Is <laughs> Tomas paid per ward or something like that because just cut him off there, let's. Okay, Olivia, sorry, two things, you know, uh, uh, can I ask Olivia questions because uh, I, my please, thoughts please. be after because first of all, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Australian rules and I know Olivia went down, but there seems to be, there seems to be even more they going and it seems to be more tempting and more attractive now than it was a couple of years ago would you be tempted to go Olivia and can you see more players committing to Australian rules
1: um, I suppose the lifestyle of being a professional athlete is very appealing for anyone um, the last number of years it has fell nicely for a lot of players because they could play with their county football teams and then go down under and play the winter or the off season with their with with Australian clubs I suppose for me that always clashed very much with club football here, which my loyalties would have been yeah. with at the time. I'd never say I'd never say never. Um, we're going for a third club all Ireland at the moment in a row, so for this year anyway, my I I'd definitely be at home and uh, focusing on the club football. Um, it, it depends as well, you know, the Australian rule suit some players better than it would suit other players as well, and it is a very physical game, so. Um, I don't know how well it would suit me if I went down under um, any of the, tr- the assessments would be very much you know running focus, which would be fine um, but when it comes to kicking the ball or the tackling it- it's hard to know how good you would be at it.
0: Alice, yeah, the other yeah. point about it is Olivia uh, into all this because you are amateur players uh, you have to take your own career into into account.
1: Yes, Yeah, I work in uh, mental health I'm an occupational therapist in Galway and it's like, I really love my job and it's something I really enjoy doing. And um, for the last number of years, I always wanted to get permanent and kind of be secured. So now I am, I'm permanent with HSD. So taking a career break at some point in time, maybe on the cards. But I suppose I don't have any definite plans, to be honest.
4: Okay. So I said, my, my second question, Olivia, because I'm intrigued because the sort of mind games have started in the last week or two. And I know you've played often against this Kelly team. Uh, Mick Bohan, the the Mick Bohan, the the Dublin manager, uh, came out in, the, in a pre match con- uh, press conference last week to say that he thought Kerry were over physical and were more or less when they played them in the league that they bullied this young Dublin side. Uh, what's your assessment of this Kerry team?
1: Um, I think the Kerry have been very consistent throughout the year. They have they started from the very first game. They've been very um, organized, very well well drilled. They have a game plan. They are a big physical team, um, and they do play on the edge. I suppose, um, Dublin are a, a younger team, and a number of years ago they would have been more physical as well. But I think it's just the nature of having a lot of young girls coming into the team that probably aren't quite as advanced as Kerry from an S point of view. But um, they do offer something different as well. So, um, Kerry play on the edge. Uh, they're they're big physical girls. They're well able to play football too.
4: Yeah. Well, sorry, Michael, can uh, one quick on because, yeah, yeah. because, you know, in the build up to the the men's final, uh, we we ta- we talked a lot about our superstar, David Clifford, and if he had uh, a bad day at the office, Kerry could be in trouble. Now, is there not something similar with the ladies that we are, with the ladies' team? Are we overly dependent on our superstar in the ladies' game, Louise Livercati?
1: Yes, yeah. I suppose the last time Dublin and Kerry played in the group stages of championship, Louise McCarthy got one six and um, player of the match in that game. And since then, um, Kerry have lost Ciaran O'Shea to yes. a ligament injury. A second cruciate. Yes, yeah, and Hannah O'Donoghue who also went off in the All Ireland semi-final yep. at half time as well. So they will be extra dependent, I suppose, on Louise from a scoring point of view, and those other two. I don't, I don't know if Hannah will be playing, but if she's not, those other two will be a huge loss.
0: But Pat, going, going back to the point that you raised with Olivia there a second ago about the physicality and uh, Mick Fohan kind of pointing this out about Kerry. This is obviously just mind games because I saw I saw Daryl Long, as uh, the Kerry manager, saying in response to that. He says, and, and I know himself, and Mick get on well, by the way. But he said, uh, "I think Mick has a bit of a short memory here, and you
4: know." So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
4: Because yeah. there's no doubt about it that the great, the great Dublin team that dominated there for several years. I mean, in terms of conditioning, in terms of physicality, they were. What did Olivia? They were a, a yes. little ahead of every other county side at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would have to say the Dublin Cork All Ireland semi-final was probably the most physical game yeah, I
2: have it seen was. all year. Yeah, I was going to mention well, that in Libya, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, from both sides. So I think Dublin, you know, Dublin are going to be well able to give them as well, and they're not going to be afraid of no. um, the physicality.
2: So I watched that. I watched that semi final. Yeah, I was very impressed with. I was very impressed with Dublin in um, that Libya. Um, it was kind of difficult conditions, wasn't it? In darkness that night, but um,
1: it, the, yeah,
2: the, it was. Yeah, but they, they played. They played really, 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 well and moved the ball very, very well as well. You know, so um. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of strange, Kerry saying about physicality. My God, Ham. Huh? So, uh, qu- question, question for you, Olivier: Who's your money on on Sunday? Because
0: in the last couple of years, obviously, we've seen Mead come to the fore. Now, it hasn't worked out from this year, obviously. Um, but um, and, and there was a couple of frustrations for Kerry, I suppose. You know, Dublin have been so dominant over the last uh, couple of years and that kind of thing. How do you see Sunday panning out?
1: Just based on how I suppose, Kerry maybe haven't quite in like the same form as they had in the league, um where Dublin have have a great league, but they've been consistently building. And after watching both All irelands semi-finals, um, and given potentially the injuries Kerry Car- are facing as well, I I would probably tip Dublin. Um, but I think it's going to be very close and I think it's going to be very competitive.
4: Yeah, actually I you know i watched I think I've watched all Kerry's games this year. Uh And you're right, since the league, they were very, very impressive in the league, very impressive in the league final. In the championship, I watched them against the... Okay, they played Meade in the quarter final. Now, the conditions were horrendous in Tralee that night. There was a Gale force win. But in the first half, uh, they were devastating against Meade and very good defensively in the second half. And likewise against Mayo... Very impressive in the first half, and we're sort of hanging on in the second half, but like, uh, I'd be familiar with one of the girls who comes on, um, and hopefully she might make the first 15, is Amy Harrington, because Amy mm-hmm. has played, Amy played all her juvenile football with Timple Knoll, and Amy's mother was one of the greatest cross-country runners that Ireland ever produced, Maureen Harrington, who was the All-Ireland cross-country champion many years, and won a. Uh, a European cross country medal with Ireland as a team. So I know Amy Harrington. Uh Ailey Cronin at full back is just oh, she's immense. She's brilliant. She's I, I I watched her when my young lad was training in a gym in Kelloggon. And Kaylee at the time was had a career in athletics that was a top class discus thrower. Oh her work in the <laughs> gym was unbelievable. She was unbelievable. I'd never seen a girl to train so hard she was absolutely brilliant and then you have like you said Hannah I don't know could be a big loss because she went to school and came here great warrior from the Black Valley Uh so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a close game but you're right I mean Dublin have come along they're sort of the outsiders and when they a bit like the football the males I worry All well, right, Pat now you you, you you made Mr Clifford out to be a
2: special man and he is a He's- special man thank you you're at it now with the ladies football wouldn't it be
4: great Jared, for Kerry Dove to win on this wouldn't it I left Olivia to answer that Oh, sorry sorry by the way sorry actually Olivia do yourselves a favour don't answer all that lads all that can I just ask a question sorry just to just to let you know the All-Ireland Ocfada competition was held this weekend won by a fellow from Go on Kerry Benon Mackesy of Kerry is the is the odd island puck competition Peter Duggan of Clare was turned yeah yeah no. uh-uh. <laughs> I know uh uh I'm
0: guessing well, I, I don't I don't know the answer but I'm guessing uh, the puck champion is from the north of Kerry
4: Benon Mackesy in actual fact he, he's actually a very good footballer as well believe it or not this guy is but anyway thank, thank you for that piece of information um, can I just let you, uh, sorry useless, can I just plug something there you no know, it's, it's all useless by the way just yeah but this away. is this is this is good uses. this is a nice good news story we had a great week last week okay right and we had a great week in Tipano uh, because and we had a great week as a family tospel because the Spanz bar which which was originally founded in 1845 by my yeah. great great grandfather Spalans bar opened again last Thursday, it's been run by my nephews, Connor, and the two lads that play football with Kerry, Killian, and Andrew, And we had a great win. We had a great weekend back celebrating with our neighbours and friends. So, you know, in rural Ireland, it's always bad news stories the closure of this, the closure of that. This is a good news story about right. reopening again in rural Ireland. And, you know, what? The night before the reopening, I thought it was a lovely, uh, myself and a couple of my family members, we went down to the bar. And Killian and Adrian had brought over all the lads, the Kerry Cena football team. And we had a night together. They drank away. They kept to themselves, David Clifford and all them. So it was the last night or the last gathering as a group uh, before they went into the club championship. So we had a lovely night last Wednesday night with David Clifford and all the Kerry players. And, you know, uh, no talk of football. It's about next year and whatever like that. So great, good, news to- good news great, story. Great, great to hear that. Had another few Bobs. Yeah, I presume you have the lease arrangement in place with the lads. Yeah. No, I I don't have any connection with it all. <laughs> do you know this word voluntary lads is that we've ever <hear> the one <laughs> voluntary. <laughs> voluntary, yeah. Go on. Yeah. I Olivia, like, yeah. just
0: just to fill you in on the background here, when Pat was on the Sunday game and I go back years ago here you now. Um he used to be constantly complaining. This is when Pat ran the bar in Temple No across the road from his house. I and ran the Sunday game. And yeah. I, I'm also <laughs> yeah. But also, he used to be—he used to be constantly complaining about the fact that nobody went into the place because it was so remote and all that, and that the only people who did actually go in were German tourists to use the toilet. Oh yeah, no, French. <laughs> I happened to be—I happened to be passing by one day. I think we were doing the preparation for the Rally of the Lakes uh, and that kind of stuff. So I called in, and Spinal is in behind the bar with the sweat skirting out of him. He couldn't
4: serve fast <laughs> yeah. enough. So, um, <laughs> anyway, that's as always the poor mode, Michael. Right? Always the poor mode. I mean, ask any more football people questions people
0: and that's the <laughs> I'll you. I'll, I'll, I'll actually talk about the other two matches in Croker on Sunday, which was the intermediate final, Clare and uh, Kildare. And also, Olivia the uh, junior final, which is down and Limerick. Claire and Kildare, of course, last weekend, Clare won um, one of the, the All Ireland's, the junior, in their case. Uh, so a cup gone down to, uh, to Clare uh, from last weekend. But now it's, it's their footballers and they're up against Kildare.
1: Yeah, and Clare have been competitive. Um, and they're thereabouts for a long number of years. They've reached intermediate finals before as well. I think both Kildare and Clare actually met in a final um, I maybe twenty around 2016 or 2017. Um so I think it's going to be it's going to be a good game again it's very difficult to call um call the game but I think it's going to be yeah I think it's going to be a good game Claire have some class forward um and yeah I think I am excited to see it.
0: Yeah and tomorrow so suppose, so looking at the other one uh, which of course the the junior <laughs> final this one between Down and Limerick um that's a that's a kind of a difficult for me anyway so That's a kind of a difficult one to call because I suppose a lot of people would think Limerick are on the up at the moment, and you know what of down got to offer we don't know, kind of you know. But um, but let's see,
2: let's see how goes uh, Michael. Tell us about the the main players. I couldn't answer that, and I, I'd be upfront about that and answer. Could I ask Olivia a question in terms of <laughs> we had we we had we we had um. We had a couple of guests over the last couple of weeks in terms of where camogie and ladies football is at. And to get your opinion, uh, Olivia, did you play Did you, did you play for the as well? Did you? Or...
1: No, no. Um, I'm from North Galway, not far from the Mayo border. So uh, there'd be no camogie or hurling on um, our side of the county, unfortunately. Um, and I've tried to hit the hurl a few times and it's not pretty. <laughs>
2: And I and I know you're, you're a psychologist now, and tell me where, where is the mindset in terms of this, this, these board associations in terms of, because it raised its head again over the weekend in terms of the dual star status and come all and footballers. Is, is, it, is it ever going to be rectified in your view?
1: Um, while the organizations are separate, it's hard to see how it will be rectified. Um, I suppose it, This year we played Cork in a championship game. And the Cork girls had played a game earlier in the
2: day. Earlier now. that day, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: and they had to travel up to Galway. And I suppose well, it's very difficult to see how how that is fair, I suppose, in one way, how the games couldn't have been played on the Sunday. I suppose, I uh, know tele- some of the games are televised and everything, but I think one of the games could have been played on the Sunday um, of that weekend Um so it is. It's an ongoing issue, I suppose. The the clash in the games making it very difficult for girls to play both codes. Um, but there there doesn't seem to have been a solution this year anyway. And I suppose in one way we're nearly as far away as we have ever been
4: to a solution. Actually, Tomas, doing... uh, might... sorry, uh, uh, yeah.
0: Moss asking you about uh, Mogi. There, he obviously clearly doesn't quite know where Kilcarn-Clan-Baron is. Um, and <laughs> all yeah. Uh, yeah, I have. I have... I have... I have... No, I know I you know that. That's, 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 that's fair enough. I'm not yeah. uh, you know, on that point, but but just just to put this in context, the, the Galway 1998 uh, All Ireland winning football team had a yeah. player from Kilcarn, Byrne, on it, yeah, um, whose name was John Dibley. Yes, John Dibley. According, yes. according, according to all the y- y- selector yeah. reports, yes, that's good. Probably that's you were probably too young, Olivia, to remember any of that. Back in what is it now? Um,
4: Olivia related to John? What's the is Olivia related?
1: No, no. There's a lot of Dibleys in Kilker and Glenburn, so uh, ah. maybe d- distant, but not close relation. No. Nice.
0: Yeah. There's there's, there's an outbreak of Dibleys in other words.
4: Am I correct in stating Shane Walsh?
1: Shane Walsh was our was our club.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah was was, yeah. was. big a big WAS. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> right. Actually, actually, Olivia, because Eva, Eva mentioned it about about um, Limerick, and one of the difficulties they have in Limerick is is with dual players. And she said, in terms of Camogie, that four or five of the best Camogie players have committed to playing ladies football oh, instead my, of Camogie. Fact, is, yeah. is is that see? I was listening to us. Uh, is that an issue in Galway?
1: We not particularly now. We had a dual player, Katrina Carmack, a number of years ago. And she did play both codes, but at the moment there wouldn't be, I suppose maybe a little bit of underage, but not a, a, there'd be no player who would continuously have to choose between the two or there's no dual players.
0: The thing about it is, Pat, in terms of Galway, Galway is a a very, uh, I don't mean this in in a wrong term, it's a very divided county. In other words, the hurling is what they call an East Galway, which is basically South Galway. um, (laughs) Yeah, And and the football is more or less North Galway, as as Olivia said there a second ago, and that kind of thing. So there wasn't too much of a of a clash, Olivia.
1: No, no, no. There will be a few clubs, like um, I know Katrina Cormigan's club, and um, up around the border, that there would be girls who would play both codes, but um, not the same extent. I would suspect that they may be Cork or Limerick or some more of the counties to would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friends, listen, we have talked long and well, and thank you very much indeed for your, your time. Uh, Olivia, especially uh, to you, thank you very much for joining us. I enjoyed that chat. It was good fun uh, when you weren't being interrupted by Pats Milan, but apart from that, it was, all, it was, it was otherwise fine.
4: Lad, good
0: to have you with us. Uh, enjoy the action at the weekend, everybody. Uh, the ladies' football finals in Croke Park, Kerry Dublin, Clare versus Kildare in the intermediate, and down against Limerick in the junior. Uh, It's all good stuff. We'll talk about it next week. Thank you.